That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to Balance Black Girl Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. So I want to kick off today's episode with a really fun announcement that I have been dying to share. And that is that we have launched a brand new Balanced Black Girl community on Geneva. Yes, we now have a free community called Club Balanced that you can join right now to connect with other Balanced Black Girl listeners. My community manager, Shaquayla, and I have been working on this community for months, and it was really important that we were able to offer a free, supportive space for our community to continue the conversation beyond the podcast. Club Balanced is part Balanced Black Girl Hype House, part Balanced Black Girl Group Chat, designed to help you connect with other balanced besties. Now, because we all know making friends as an adult can be hard, making new friends when you're on your healing journey, on your wellness-ish can be even harder. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast, you probably share some interests with other folks who listen. So let's all hang out in Club Balance. I'm also excited to share that we have officially brought back the book club. Now, real day one, OG Balanced Black Girl listeners remember the book club. Well, it's back and it now lives in our home in Geneva where we will have monthly book picks, we'll share recommendations, and we'll chat about them in the community. Again, this is a free space designed to foster conversation with one another beyond the podcast because I do a lot of talking to you, but I wanted you to have space to talk to one another. So the link to join the community is in the show notes to follow the link, download the Geneva app, answer a few short questions so that we can get to know you better, and then join the club. Club balanced, that is. So through Building Balanced Black Girl, I know how important it is to not just have an audience, but to have a community, especially if you have a business or are a creator. An audience is just eyeballs watching you, but a community is in conversation with you. They're involved. In community, we support one another. It's a mutual exchange. So for our Black Women in Business series, I wanted to make sure we also really touched on that because fostering community is really, really important when you're creating something new. So I was excited to bring on one of the most expert community managers I know and admire on the show to chat about building thriving communities and why that should be the goal over having an audience. Our guest today is Kim Johnson. Kim is the head of community at Geneva, a New York-based messaging app for communities of all shapes and sizes, which is also the platform we just launched Club Balanced on. Her work at Geneva focuses on helping creators, brands, and community leaders of all kinds build their communities from the ground up. 
So if you're looking to build community around a mission or a movement, this episode is for you. Let's jump into our conversation with Kim. Kim, welcome to Balance Flat Girl. It's always a pleasure anytime I get to talk to you. I'm so excited for this. Thank you for having me. I, I feel like this is very full circle. Oh, it is. So context for our community listening. Kim and I met several years ago, maybe 2018 or 2019, um, yeah. back when you were head of community at Glossier and you were opening the Seattle pop-up in Glossier at that time. Yeah. And that was when we met and like so much has happened since then. I know. Truly, it feels like a lifetime ago a little bit, but um, but yeah, it's so fun to now be doing this with you. Definitely. Well, I'm super excited to have you here. So you are just a master of all things community. As I just mentioned, you were previously head of community at Glossier. You are now head of community at Geneva, an incredible platform that we're going to talk a lot more about. But I would love to just hear more about how you became interested in cultivating and fostering community? Like where did that interest come from? Have you always been a community builder or is that a skill you've cultivated over time? It's so funny. I, well, I guess, first of all, I never really thought that this would be my job partially because I didn't know that it was a job when I was like in high school. Um, and second, because I was like always such a shy person when I was younger. And so the idea of like, doing anything related to being a people person was probably not comprehensible for me at that time. <laughs> I kind of fell into community work when I was at Glossier at Into the Gloss. Into the Gloss is the editorial kind of beauty site that Emily launched before she launched the brand. And I started working at Into the Gloss before I actually started at Glossier solely because I loved the... I loved the interviews and I loved the comment section. The comment section was like such a party in like 2013. And so I was obsessed with it. And I was like, I want to come work here. Worked in editorial was like, okay, I don't know that this is my thing, but I still loved like engaging with the people in the comments and just like having conversation about beauty. And so when I ended up kind of starting full time and trying to figure out my role in my space, community was something that we had talked about a lot because it was kind of so core to what Into the Gloss had been, but no one had really let it. And so I just kind of like took it on and I didn't really know what that meant at the time. But it is funny because when you, a lot of times you think things just happen, right? Like you think like, oh yeah, that just kind of happened in my life. And I, um, you know, just fell into this thing. But I I think actually it was like such a perfect kind of like manifestation of what I had come to the company for initially, which was like this incredible community around beauty on into the gloss that then became my work. So I wouldn't say I was actively building it or thinking about it, but I think it was a really natural evolution of like what made me excited about beauty in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It was what you were drawn to. And stories like that, I think, are so great because as we're navigating our careers, sometimes it can be very easy to think in very black and white terms. It's like, this is the job I do, yeah. or this is the job that it exists. But oftentimes, yeah. incredible opportunities happen very organically when you see a yeah. need that needs to be met and you can kind of evolve in a role and create something new. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I feel like we'll talk about this later, but I think the best 
work is like when you are able to have your own sense of like vision, Mm -hmm. the space that you occupy. And I think so often we think about our jobs as just like being a part of this, you know, bigger thing. And, and a lot of times they are, and most times they are, but also like you have your own little like nugget of the world Mm -hmm. and like to be able to come into it with your own ideas and sense of vision, I think is like what makes this kind of stuff fun, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of vision, I mean, right now on the podcast, we're talking about being Black women in business, running our own businesses, creating our own ventures. And that's something that takes a lot of vision, right? Whether you are starting a business, whether you're a side hustler, whether you are in corporate, but you're creating maybe a new program or managing a career vision, like that takes a whole lot of foresight and and willingness to create something out of nothing. Why is community such an important aspect of doing and being in business? I mean, I feel like there's, okay, I think there's like multiple elements to that. Mm -hmm. The thing that comes to mind for me first is the community that you're, you as an individual are able to find or be a part of or foster when it comes to the work that you do. So I think that is like the biggest thing that I think about when I started doing community at Glossier, I really didn't have many friends who worked in community. I had friends who worked in beauty, obviously like so many of my friends at that time were from my job, but I didn't really have like a reference point outside of the company for what like community driven by a brand looked like. And I think part of it was because like a lot of brands at that time in that space weren't really doing community in that way. And maybe because I was just so new in it and I just didn't know anything. And I was like nervous about networking and stuff like that. And I've really, I think, been able to cultivate that only really in the past like two years, I would say. Honestly, a lot of like doing the stuff, going to different cities and like meeting you and meeting people locally was a huge catalyst for me in doing that. Yeah, I think that finding people who either because you all come from similar experiences and maybe you do different things in the work, but you come from similar experiences. And so you have, you know, similar struggles or wins, finding that community in like your career is so important. And then additionally, finding community of people who do work that you do and who you can get inspiration from and who you can get, you know, constructive feedback from is also so essential. Um, I remember the first person that I met that I was like so excited about because I was like, oh my God, this guy like does what I do (laughs) and I can ask him all these questions was this like 50 year old man (laughs) (laughs) who worked at this company called Riot Games, which is basically like an esports thing. It could not have been more different from like the brand that I was at. (laughs) Yeah. But the ideas and the stuff that he was doing were so similar. Mm -hmm. And I was just like blown away. And we talked for like an hour and a half because I was like, somehow this is so new for me. And that was such an important Thing and such an important like opportunity to have that first touch point, even though he and I could not have been more different. And like the the things that we talked about or the things that we brought people together around were different. The the core of it was like the same. Definitely, that's such a prime example of I think our human needs for connection being fundamentally the same, even if we're connecting over different things. 
Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, community is such a, um, an interesting term right now mm-hmm. because it's so overused, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. as someone who has it in my job title. Um, <laughs> I think it's overused. I think it's like underdefined and like undervalued in a real way a lot of times. It's very like hot topic. But I, I do think that when you're able to make those relationships with people in your work that can push you or, you know, give you clarity, like that is so you just know it when you experience it, you know, and, and I, I think I've, I have personally gone out of my way a lot more in the past like year to build those mm-hmm. and to seek those out because they are so unique. Oh, really. Yeah. yeah. And I think to your point about having to be super intentional about it in the past year or so, I think we've had to be with the pandemic and with being a lot more spread out and everyone working remote. I mean, I love remote work. I personally don't ever want to go back to an office selfishly. But when I think about the beginning of my career, so many of those early kind of adult relationships that I formed were with my coworkers and with people who I had to work with and build team with. And that is so valuable. And so I think now it's absolutely possible, but we have to be so much more intentional about it. Yeah, it's so funny. When I was at when I was really early on it and into the gloss, it was like at the time I must have been a junior in college. Mm-hmm. Like I was really young. That was my first internship. And I remember going to my dad and being like, I think that I'm gonna go do something else. Like I feel like I should get a different experience. I wanna try marketing. I didn't even know what marketing was. Like I literally was just <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking about. But I was like, I'm going to go do marketing or like go to a PR firm or something like that. My dad was like, I'm with you. Get new experiences. But also like, don't you love the team here? Don't you like love the people? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, well, why don't you see if you can talk to them about getting a new experience at the company? He was like, because, you know, relationships are like one of the biggest things when you're young and you're trying to figure out what you love. And I took that advice. I ended up like doing something slightly different at the company. And it really worked out for me because I was then able to continue to kind of like explore and find new opportunities. And I think, you know, I don't know that I would always say that for people, right? Like it's good to go out and like try new things and be in different places. But I do think that the underlying message of like the value of, of relationships that you've built and and when you have you're around people who are great especially when you're early on in your career and you're young and for me it was like i was going from being really shy to like coming out of my shell and a lot of that happened at that job i think it was such great advice for me in that moment because it allowed me to just like deepen my relationship with the place that i was at the work that i was doing which was so invaluable ultimately for me. Oh, it's so true. I mean, the relationships that you have can really make or break the experience. You can be doing incredible work, but if you're doing it with terrible people or a boss that you don't have a good relationship with, it's, it's not going to matter. I know. I know. And I, it's, I always feel so bad for, I think that must be like the worst thing (laughs) to like 
get a job and like have your dream work and then not enjoy the people you work with. Cause I just don't, I don't know how it's possible for anyone. Right. Like for better or worse, we spend a lot of our time working. Oh, yeah. a little, some of us, maybe most of us. And you want to do it around good people. Absolutely. Like you want to do it around people that you enjoy. And I will say that's why community is also really fun when it comes to work. Cause you get to like make that world a little bit for yourself mm-hmm. too. So that is one of the things that I like love, love, love most about this work and this job. Absolutely. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for having hobbies and learning a new language is an incredible hobby to take up. I've been practicing my French with Babbel and it's been such an effective, engaging way to learn. I took French in high school and college, but I got a little rusty and I wanted to brush up before visiting France earlier this year. And I've been hooked on Babbel ever since because it's helped so much. And you too can make amazing progress with your language learning through Babbel. And that's because Babbel actually works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private classes or playing on apps that are basically glorified games, you can take Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language as soon as three weeks from now. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and their methods for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, so you're learning things you would actually say, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. It's no wonder why Babbel has sold over 10 million subscriptions because it's real learning for real conversations. And they're offering a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. So you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash balanced. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com slash balanced, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash balanced. Rules and restrictions may apply. And thinking more about brands being intentional about building community, that's something that we've seen a lot increase over the past few years. I feel like that's a concept that came to be maybe in the past decade. And then over the past couple of years, it's really becoming a priority for a lot of businesses. And I'm curious about why that is, because when I think about maybe large companies that are really old or businesses of the past, I'm like, in the 90s, I don't think businesses, most businesses were very concerned about community unless it was like, you know, an MLM type of situation. I think about like Tupperware parties in the 90s or something. That's big on community unless it was that model. Yes. But outside of that, a lot of the brands that we've interacted with for most of our life, community wasn't really a thing until the past decade. And a few months ago, I did an episode on this podcast talking about community care, and I found some really interesting research in that, that essentially over the past four decades or so, for Americans specifically, we basically have like less friends. <laughs> it's like a, mm. not like the nicest way to put it, but that's basically Americans today Bad. compared to 1980 have smaller communities and less friends despite social media and so many more interactions with so many more people. Mm. We don't necessarily have a sense of interconnectedness. And so I'm wondering if because that change has been made for a lot of us from a social standpoint, not having that sense of interconnectedness and closeness, if that's why we're almost looking to brands to start facilitating that 
for us. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think there's a little bit of that. I think that from a brand's perspective, I am a believer, I'll just say this before I get into this. I'm a believer that like not every brand needs to have community, mm-hmm. which we can talk about also, yeah. but I think that a lot of it stems from there are so many brands <laughs> and there are so much product. Yes. There's just we're like in this like overload version of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like content overload, information overload, product overload. You have like 50 different companies making the same like one individual thing. You know what I mean? When you think about your mattress, it used to be like you go to the mattress store and you like lay on them and then you <laughs> see which one is comfortable <laughs> to you and then you go get it. And now it's like, you know, which of the D to C companies is like most aligned with you from a brand perspective or a creative perspective or like a tone perspective that makes you want to buy it, you know, is so different. And I think because we're in this, this era of just like product and company and content overload, brands recognize that they have to work a lot harder to get people to care about what they're putting out in the world. And I don't think that that's just brands. I think a lot of kind of entities in that way are realizing that. And I think that Additionally, what we've seen in the past maybe like 10 years is that the brands that a lot of the brands that have risen to the top have either done so because they are so convenient for people (laughs) that it's just, it just fits in with people's lifestyles Mm -hmm. or they're brands that people just identify with and that, that feel emotional for people. And a lot of the community element of things comes into play for that second bucket where brands that do a good job of making people feel and also creating an identity that resonates with people often have a people forward or community forward approach to what they build. We all have short attention spans now. And so I will go out of my way to buy certain brands because I love, I like the brand. Yeah. I'm like, a, I identify with it. And especially if I have, you know, know the team or I've like <laughs> met people through the brand. I mean, that's like a one layer deeper, but I think that, that those things really do matter to people in terms of why they should spend their time or their money with a company. And, and then I think in addition, I, I think your point about people looking for that is so true. And so I think it's kind of the combination of those two things, really. Um, But I think that what can sometimes happen because of the fact that brands know that they need to build that connection with people and that community is important Mm -hmm. is that they can go about it in a a way that might not actually be rooted in wanting to have a people first approach, right? And so I think that's where some of the challenge comes in. Yeah. And community is not easy and it's not like a short-term thing. And so that that's always challenging. And I think that's a challenge for brands who really want to be committed to building community, but know that it, it's, you know, you're in it for the long haul. But yeah, that, I think that that is kind of the root of why we're in this phase where community is so important to brands and businesses right now. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, I really like your point about the fact that there are I mean, every market is saturated. There's no shortage of options of things to buy or check out or be influenced about. And so finding those brands 
that really resonate with our mission and values or for, you know, people who are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs really leading with their mission and values so that people can really connect with what it is they're offering is going to be really, really important, especially as we move into this next phase of business, because entrepreneurship is in such a weird spot right now, right? Like in the Mm -hmm. mid to late 2010s, we had kind of the girl boss era, which I think also looked very different for Black women entrepreneurs and continues to look different Mm -hmm. for Black women entrepreneurs. But coming out of that, it's like, okay, how can we how can we create businesses that are sustainable in terms of how we treat people, what we offer, where we're not doing those same old business practices that we know are not great, but wrapping it in pink and <laughs> calling it something different, even though it's not, it's just is such a different era in terms of, of building and creating business, but also a lot of opportunity, which is super exciting. Totally. I think there's so much that, has like yet to, we have not seen Mm -hmm. about where the space will go. And I do think that to your point, like we're kind of inching out of this like boom of everyone is an entrepreneur, but it's not inching away from that idea, but rather inching towards it. in I think different ways or or perhaps in ways that harken back to years before this, the phase that we've been in. And I'm just really curious, like what that will be and look like. Definitely. I'd love to talk to you about content creation a bit because I think content creation has become a lane where a lot of entrepreneurs are getting their start, something that I can relate to. I mean, we talked about this in a recent episode in this series uh, with Alexis Barber, who is a fellow content creator who is now launching her own product line. So when it comes to content creation and being on social, there's a lot of focus on building an audience, right? Gaining followers, Mm -hmm. gaining eyeballs. I would love to talk about the difference between what it looks like to build an audience who's watching what you're doing versus building a community who is kind of engaged and experiencing it with you. Can we talk about that a little bit? I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think think you just described it very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that like the world of social media has like really put all eyes on eyes, I guess, on, on building an audience, right? And like having followers and creating content for those followers. But I think of that as like a one-way relationship in a sense, mostly because of the way that it's structured, right? You create stuff, you share stuff, and people consume it. And of course, there's the comment section, right? There's the ability for people to say, oh, I loved this, oh, I didn't love this, et cetera. I actually think that what the difference between that and a community is, is not necessarily that those people can now have real two-way conversation with you. But I actually think what the community is, is it's a many-to-many conversation, right? And so what you've been able to do when you build a community is say, hey, all of these people who are you know engaged with what I'm doing are all interested in the same things. Let's have conversation together, right? I think that's the beauty of it, both for members of community and also for um, the leaders, right? Like, I think so often I have such admiration for people like you who are content creators and who like spend time and energy and so much strategy and thought and care into what you are creating for folks because it is so 
time and work intensive. And I think the beauty of community for creators in this space is the democratization of it and the ability to have your people really take part and kind of co-own what you are building together. And equally for members, community isn't about, you know, follower count. It isn't about how many people listen to you. It is about conversation. And so, you know, some of the most amazing communities that I've seen, you know, digital communities that I've seen being built have been created by people who are like just obsessed with their thing, you know, and it might be a community of 20 people. It might be 2000, but it's, it's a really kind of, I think a one layer deeper kind of relationship that you're able to build with your people and kind of amongst your people. Absolutely. I think I've, I've seen such a different response to content when you kind of take people behind the scenes and you, you bring your community along to let them see kind of how the sausage is made. I hate that expression because it's nasty, but like when you, when you from a literal standpoint, I'm like, oh, anyway, but when you let people see that and see yeah. how like the content that they enjoy comes together, I do think it really strengthens that bond because they feel involved and they feel like they're a part of it and they have a deeper appreciation of it. Totally. That to that point, you know, recently we've seen a lot of creators and this is specifically on TikTok and TikTok is a wild place. Um, we've seen creators be very publicly criticized for talking about content creation and there's a debate over, you know, how much work do content creators really do? Are content mm. creators overcompensated for the work they do when you compare that to other occupations that have a very different impact on society but may not be paid as much? And I think that if there is a continuation of focusing on community as opposed to followers, I think those conversations would be really different. Yeah. Uh, but I would also love to hear your perspective on those conversations. Yeah, that's fascinating. I... That's a really fascinating conversation. I, I think the piece of like our content creators overcompensated is really difficult because in comparison to certain roles, perhaps, but also that is a that is an issue that is sits beyond content creators for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah, I think that the thing about community and the thing that that is really different about it is it's about depth of impact. And so it's kind of that like as opposed to kind of going wide and trying to find as many people as possible to hear what you're saying or to listen, you want to build as many like strong connection points as possible with the people who are really excited about what your, your, your thing, what you're into, whether it's wellness, whether it's queer books, whether it's um, beauty. And I think that, I mean, I, I have this belief that the creator identity is going to evolve a lot over the next few years, which I think we're already seeing that. And I think we all kind yeah. of feel that. Um, sure. And especially with like the, I think what you and I were talking about earlier, of you know, there being so much content, right? I actually really liked Emma Chamberlain's podcast where she talked about like social media and content and, and like feeling like as a content creator that like she's done everything she possibly can, which must mm -hmm. be like so existentially difficult. But, but I, I, I think that the idea of a creator identity is going to evolve a lot. I think that community builders 
will become a part of this creator umbrella. And I think that a lot of people who maybe today identify as content creators, but are now also building really incredibly engaged communities are going to start sitting in this interesting middle ground. And, you know, I also think that people who are building incredible communities that actually do really incredible work are going to start, I hope and I believe, start getting more recognition for those spaces. So I think we're, we're in this place where the creator identity is going to evolve. There's going to be different kinds of what of creation on the internet. And I'm excited for that. I think, I think a lot of people in this space are excited for that because we're also all having a bit of like a social media kind of fatigue. Mm-hmm. And so I think the people who that hits hardest must be creator, content creators. Definitely, um, yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that that all just kind of plays out. I do agree that I think we're going to see a a different intersection. I mean, I think what's expected of content creators is very different than what was. When we think about the idea of an influencer, how that came to rise. I mean, I feel like the peak of influencer culture is very 2016 Instagram. And 2016 Instagram was all about who can create the best aesthetic and that snapshot of a moment that has like an aspirational image to it. And over time, we've seen more and more layers added where the content of your character is also as important as the content you're putting online, or at least the perceived content of your character. Because I don't think we we know what people's character is, but we can, you know, create assumptions based off of yeah. what we see. And I think, and it's, it's connected to the stuff we were talking about with brands. And that's why I said mm-hmm. it's not just brands. Like mm-hmm. people are brands at this point. Like people are making yeah. themselves brands at this point. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone can, we, we consume so much that people are really able to sniff out bullshit yep. now in a way that just, we were not before we were like, you know, there was so much newness before. And so I think, yeah, I think people are like the things that, that people really spend their time on now, I think are that much more impactful because of the fact that we just are so we're consuming content and things so much all the time. Absolutely. And in continuing to think about the content creator conversation and where I think community and authentic community comes in is a lot of the critiques of content creators are just that they get to a point where they're no longer considered relatable. And I have kind of a love-hate relationship with that that word because I understand what mm. people mean if they are following a creator who maybe lives a lifestyle that looks more similar to them. And then because of their support, now all of a sudden this person is kind of in mm. a different stratosphere and they, they don't see themselves in that person anymore. Mm. I can understand how that can feel a bit jarring. I don't necessarily think that it's room for critique because I also think that what's relatable or what's realistic is completely subjective. Like if, if that is someone's life, that is realistic for them. And even if it, it's not what you can no longer relate to, that doesn't mean that it is in general unrelatable, but it means that like what you once saw of yourself in them is maybe no longer the case. And that happens as people evolve, whether their platform grows or they move or they do something different. But I think what is really great about community and creators not necessarily centering themselves is like, okay, maybe you can't relate to me anymore, but if you can relate to one another, 
great, then you're still finding that connection point. And how can we foster more of that as creators? Totally. And I think that, you know, the best creator community, creator led communities that I've seen have been not about the creator, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of times, you know, I've there's this incredible community on Geneva called CMOS Girlies. And I always talk about them just because they were a really early community. And I think what they've done is such a perfect example of the kind of thing that I think will become more and more prevalent. They've created this wellness group on Geneva and it's like 5,000 people now. And it is like, it lives, it has its own life without them being present. They're there. They, you know, they ask questions, they get questions from members before they do podcast interviews. But the beauty of the community is members supporting each other, going through mental health experiences, or sharing what they're eating, sharing recipes. They've had members plan walks in like their local areas with each other, right? It like becomes, it takes on a life that is just so much more than the individual. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what is so cool to me about like, you know, creators have so much power to bring people together, right? I think that's like one of the most amazing things about having a platform is that especially, you know, something like what you've built with Balanced Black Girls, like the people who are all here are all here for such a similar experience, We care about similar things. We probably identify similarly, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that's like the most amazing thing that creators can do is, is really create a community that is like, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm not pregnant, but like I'm pregnant and I want to create community with folks who also are pregnant because Mm -hmm. we're having the same life experience together. Right. Something that is like connected to them but not necessarily about them. And I think that's a, a really nice evolution of your relationship with your, you know, your audience. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's really my goal with the Balanced Black Girl community as we're working on uh, relaunching it. The other day, my community manager and I were doing some work behind the scenes as we get ready to launch our, our community on Geneva, which will be available by the time this episode is out. So I'll link it in the show notes so you all can join, which is amazing. Um, And so we were just kind of going through some of the planning and and some of the different areas in the community we're going to have. And she was like, well, it's, it's your community. What do you want? I was like, it's not my community. It's not. It's, it's, everyone's, everyone who's going to be a part of it, it's their community. It's not about what I want. It's about what's going to best serve the people who are in it. It actually has very little to do with me. <laughs> I'm a it's talking like head on this, on this podcast, but it's, <laughs> this community is not for me. It's for everyone yeah. who's going to be a part of it. And so I'm constantly kind of reframing and reminding that that is yeah. the ultimate goal. And I think what is so cool too, is like when you have your community not only like build the community with you, but also mm-hmm. like then also build your content with you is mm-hmm. so cool, right? Like yeah. I, I think, you know, to have the people who are most excited and most invested in what you're up to, what you're talking about there in conversation with you is so beautiful. And I think we'll also, I think hopefully community will also really change content and really change how people go about creating content in a way that's maybe more collective. So I think that that's quite exciting too. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So we've covered a lot of ground here, which is amazing. I would love to get into uh, just some some takeaways that our listeners can have, whether someone is a creator or a business owner or just wants to connect with other people and wants to start facilitating that. What are some steps they can take to start either building or nurturing community around them? So I think that one of the best steps to take is to especially if you're already a creator or maybe you already have a business to just like get in touch with the people who are the folks who come to mind first, especially if you like are a new business and you think about like the first 10 people who purchased your product, who's not like your mom, you know, yep. <laughs> think of those people who come to mind when you think about the people who love what you're building and like get on the phone with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems so silly, but I think that Having starting with that foundational like connection point with those core folks will allow you to one start in a way that from day one building with people um, and the people who are who you know will be there and who you know want to be there, and two, it will allow you to have you know a collective and a team building something together. So, I think really starting with the people who maybe are most thoughtfully engaged in giving feedback about the podcast or your first customers for your brand, start with them, chat with them, figure out what value would a community hold for them. Because I think one of the most important things when you're thinking about community is like, why, why would people come here? What is the value to them? And then what's the value to me? I think there's this kind of aversion a lot of times, especially with brands, to the idea that community has to have value to me as the brand or as the person leading it. And I think that that's, I think you should know that (laughs) if you, if you don't know why you're bringing people together, then I don't know, you probably not going to do it that long. Yeah. And so I would start with, you know, those first few people think about the value for you and for them and define that. And Mm -hmm then start kind of like thoughtfully and slowly building it with them. And maybe what you do is you say, okay, every person who's a part of this community, bring the three people in your life who you know would love to be a part of this space too and want to build it intentionally with us, right? I think if you do those things, it's really about kind of getting your footing, grounding and and having a sense of purpose. And then you can always, you know, you build from there. You water as you, as you go. Yes, that's such good advice. We can't underestimate the power of hopping on the phone or hopping on a conversation with folks. It's something that I've done since the beginning of Balanced Black Girl throughout the year. I'll I'll hop on Zoom with just a handful of people who I notice are super engaged on social or super engaged, you know, on my email list and who respond to my newsletters. I'll just like hop on Zoom with a few people a year just to see what they're thinking and how they're doing and how we can best serve them. And it's so, so valuable because when you take care of the people who are already on your side, they evangelize. And when they feel supported, they want to support you back. And it can become this really beautiful um, mutual exchange. Like you mentioned, like it's okay for you also as the brand or as the creator to receive something as well. Like it should be this very balanced, mutually beneficial relationship that you're building with your people. Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I love that. The kind of mutual exchange like Mm -hmm. um, concept. 
yeah, I think that's the like, that is the best thing that you can do is really spend that time. Um, because I also think it provides a real sense of clarity. Like I can't tell you the number of people who I've talked to who are like, I know I just have to do it. I'm so scared. The idea of like launching a community is so scary and I get it because I've been there. Yeah. And I think that's why like pulling in your, your closest people and saying, okay, look, I'm building this for us. Let's do it together. They'll be like, what? Yes. I'm, (laughs) I, of course I'm here to, you know, do this with you and you will have such a sense of clarity and trust and, and just confidence knowing that, you know, you guys will figure it out together and that the people who, who you think of first, when you think of the community are already here. Yes. So I I think that that's the best thing you can do and everything kind of unfolds from there. And you'll always be community is never, there's never a final destination. So you'll always be learning and building and growing. Oh my gosh. Yes. I could not agree more. I would also love to talk a bit about Geneva, which is the company you work for. It's an incredible digital platform. Like I mentioned, that's what we are using to uh, facilitate the New Balance Black Girl community, which we're really excited about. Um, Can you tell us a bit more about Geneva, who can use it, who can build on it, and just what makes it a great platform for a community? Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, we're so excited to have Balance Black Girl on Geneva. I think I told you this, but... When I joined the team at Geneva two years ago, Balanced Black Girl was like one of the initial communities (laughs) that came to my mind. So it's so exciting for me personally, very selfishly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, But yeah, so we are, I guess, in the most simple terms, we are a messaging app for communities. So every kind of like social group or community in your life can exist on Geneva a version of it probably does exist on Geneva. So anything from, we have a lot of book clubs and run clubs and sororities to brand ambassador programs, creator led communities, even like NFT project communities. It really kind of runs the gamut, activist groups, TV show, fan clubs, everything in that realm. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I, the way that that we're building the app is really to be a more robust version of like your group chat with your friends or mm-hmm. your club. Has the ease and accessibility of, you know, your group chat app, but built for communities in the thousands. So, you know, what you'll see is you have everything from events built in to lots of different roles and permissions and really fun, fun stuff built in specifically for communities. And that's what we're building. I love it. I mean, I'm someone who gets very easily overwhelmed and overstimulated by (laughs) a lot of platforms, which is why I can't use a lot of things. And I, as someone who gets very easily overstimulated, just appreciate how clean and simple and intuitive and beautiful it is. It's part of what took me so long to like build a community is because I, I would start and then I'd would just get way overwhelmed with like doing the most or, you know, Facebook groups. I'm very much like not a fan. I don't know if you're familiar with that TikTok Mm -hmm. sound where it's like, 
if they have a hater, I'm one of them. Like if they have, (laughs) if they have no haters, I'm dead. That's me about anything related to Facebook groups and all. And so I'm like, I refuse (laughs) get (laughs) out of Facebook and into safer spaces. And so that's just a big part of what I, I really love about it is you can create a really beautiful, intuitive experience. Yeah. And I think the thing that, you know, we really believe in is we're not a social media app, right? Like we're not, you don't have a feed of stuff that's being mm-hmm. delivered to you. Yep. There's no followers, there's no likes, there's no algorithm. We are truly a messaging app, but for your favorite communities. And that's always going to be our, our mission is to be a utility for people really, but a utility that's fun and that's easy on the eyes and that people really enjoy. Um, and that brings, you know, hopefully that notification sound like brings them excitement and joy. Um, and that's, that's the goal. That's the vision. Yeah, definitely. So highly recommend for anybody who's looking to communicate with, with a, a group of folks, whether it's like a book club networking groups. I mean, I used to be a part of like networking group chats back in the day where the iMessage would just get out of control. And now I'm like, something like Geneva would be so much better for that. Um, So really any way that you want to communicate with a group, it's a great way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time. And yeah, we're just really happy to have so many incredible communities building with us and building what I, I believe will really be the future of, you know, our social internet for lack of a better, a better phrase. So definitely check us out. Join the Balanced Black Girl community when it launches. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So Kim, you have given us just so many amazing nuggets today. Thank you so much. Before we wrap up today, we've talked a lot about community specifically from a professional lens. I would just love to hear a little bit more about for you, how community and being in community has supported your well-being, like bring it back to wellness yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's so important for me. And I think I actually was thinking about that recently, earlier today, really, because two of my friends are hosting an, an art studio night. They have an art studio that they work out of and they're having a bunch of friends come over and just paint and when I got the message about it, it was this immediate sense of like, oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and I think that I'm actually thinking a lot about going into the winter, how do I facilitate more of those kinds of environments for the people that I love or the people that I, I think are super interesting or that I want to have conversation with? And so I think that community shows up in our lives in so many different ways, right? Like, in a lot of ways, your your family is one subset of your community, the people you go to school with, right? I think the most important thing that I strive for and that I think, you know, is really healthy for us all to strive for is having balance of different kinds of communities that show up in your life in different ways. They don't always all have to be all the time, but to have different venues for conversation and connection around the different elements of who you are is so important. Yeah. That is, I think like if you can find that and you can maintain that, that's the goal. That's the, that's the North star, if you will. 
So I think I'm still in pursuit of that. Like, I totally don't think I have found all my communities and I'm good to go. Not at all. I think that I'm like totally in pursuit of that, especially like I'm not even 30. Like I'm just like figuring out my life. (laughs) And so (laughs) the more I find those venues, the more I'm like cherishing them now because they become more and more important. I feel like the older that you get. Oh yeah. I mean, that's such a beautiful pursuit. I think that the need to feel seen, heard, understood. I think that that is just as critical a need as, you know, food, clothing, shelter, you know, those, those initial needs that we have, that sense of belonging is just as important. Totally. Totally agree. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. I loved getting to chat with you as always loved this conversation. I feel like I learned so much. So how can our community keep in touch with you and your work? Well, I loved this too. First of all, thank you so much (laughs) for having me. And you have the most calming voice of all time. So I'm going to go take a nap. Um, <laughs> how can people learn about it? So Geneva is just at Geneva on all social channels. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely if you're interested in just like catching the vibe, seeing you know what we're up to, definitely check us out on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. I'm Kim Johnson dot underscore because I have a common name on Instagram, (laughs) but I would recommend Geneva before me because I don't post that much anymore. (laughs) So yeah, definitely, you know, check us out. And if you're interested in community stuff or, you know, thinking about building a community of your own or work in community and are just like, I need a person to talk to you about these things. I'm just Kim at Geneva.com. I always give out my email because it's so short and also like, I don't know, it just makes it easy, you know? So hit me up if you're interested in learning more about Geneva or just talking community things. Perfect. Well, we will make sure that we have uh, all the info for Geneva in the show notes, make it easy for people to come find you if they want to chat community. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you for having me. Huge thanks to Kim for joining me on today's show. I always love talking to her and learning from her, and I hope you did as well. Head to the show notes to learn more about Geneva, which, by the way, we are not sponsored by Geneva in any way. I don't even know if they do that, Uh, but I love the platform as a member of other groups. And I'll say I've used so many different platforms from Facebook groups, Discord, Mighty Networks, and Geneva is truly the best community platform I've used. It's clean. It's intuitive to use. It doesn't feel like you're on Slack for work. (laughs) It's not overwhelming. And I'm excited to have our community hub living there. So you can create your own hub on Geneva. And of course, I would love if you joined ours, Club Balanced. Again, the link to join us will be in the show notes. Huge thanks to the sponsors of today's episode. We will make sure we have all of their information linked in the show notes so you can take advantage of their special offers. And if you like this episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll be back next week continuing our Black Women in Business series. 